Well, I want to say welcome to you, uh, especially welcome to our visitors. Just uh, so glad that you made it out to worship with us today. Uh, we just want you to feel comfortable and make yourself at home. Uh, my message today might be a little bit challenging, but that's okay. Uh, it'll be okay. Uh, one day, it was, uh, there was a preacher and a taxi driver. They both passed away on the same day and uh, both went to heaven. And the taxi driver was escorted to his mansion and uh, he was just blown away by everything, you know, the space, all the extras, the big pool, and the big TV, and all that stuff. And, uh, you know, he said, thank you. Wow, I, this is amazing. Well, uh, the preacher was escorted to his place, his shack, uh, that had uh, bunk beds in it, and a small TV, right? And he's, he's thinking... Why is this, you know? I, I, it should be the other way around. I mean, I, I preached the Word of God, you know? I represented you, and I taught people about you. And the Lord said, well, when you preach, people slept. And uh, when the taxi driver drove, people prayed. You know, I know you had biscuits and gravy this morning and some uh, uh, Stephen England so uh, gravy with sausage in it, you know. I think he put some sleeping medication in there maybe. No, don't go to sleep. Um, you know, today we're going to be talking about something exciting. Uh, we're going to be talking about victory today, about the victory of Jesus. And speaking of victory, you know, um, if you keep up with sports at all, it was good to see Tiger Woods win. You know, I don't know about you, but I'm a Tiger Woods fan. Um, it's good to see him get a, get a win. He won his first Masters in 14 years and his first major victory in 10 years. You know, I can remember being younger and looking at Tiger Woods, and he was just this prodigy, just remarkable, remarkable talent, remarkable gift, um, almost super, superhuman in a way. You know, and he, he had all, all these wins all these tournament championships, all these trophies, and then what? You know, he struggled. A lot of that, most of that was self-inflicted. You know, choices he made. He struggled, and it seemed like he wasn't going to come back from that. You know, and I was thinking, I was really thinking this just last year. I was thinking, man, wouldn't it be good to see Tiger Woods come back? Make a comeback. You know, how many of us can relate to his struggle? You know, maybe... You start off well in life, and then things happen. You have a setback. You have a struggle. You don't know if you're going to recover. You start off in your Christian life strong. You're excited. You're wanting to serve. You're wanting to do all these things. But then you have a setback, and you just sort of fall back, right? Um, we've been in this series called Finish Strong. We've been in this for several weeks. Today's the last day. Uh, and, and in our faith, we are not called just to start a race we're called to complete it to finish it we're here for a purpose and and really we need to finish strong while we're here and we've been looking at in this series we've been looking at the last week of Jesus's life and he did so many things during this week we've we've just touched on the surface of what he did but we've looked at things that he overcame things that he encountered we know that he came for the cross, he was headed to the cross, 
but he encountered obstacles along the way, and he overcame those things to finish what he came to do. Last week, we talked about how he endured the pain of the cross, how he endured the agony, the scorn, the shame, the beatings, right, the mocking. He endured all that. After that, he died. Jesus literally died. He died, and he was buried. But he wasn't done yet. He wasn't finished yet. And just like the sun came up this morning, the Son of God came up out of the grave. Aren't you glad to see the sun this morning? After days of rain, you're like, man, we're never going to see daylight again. Uh, We're going to be in Matthew 28. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn there. Matthew 28. The verses will be on the screen. We're going to read through the resurrection account together, and then we'll talk about a couple things before we leave. Matthew 28, verse 1. After the Sabbath at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. You know, notice it didn't say they didn't go try to find the tomb. Uh, They knew where the tomb was at. If you back up and read, they actually followed close behind to see where he was buried. So it wasn't a guessing game. They went to look at the tomb. They knew he was dead, and they knew where he was. Verse number 2. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. So Matthew here is explaining what took place before the women got there. And it it doesn't take us long to read through these and pick up a couple of things that, that tell us that something remarkable happened. Something amazing happened, a violent earthquake, and then there's an angel here whose appearance looks like lightning, right? Something major happened. Well, what's that? Verse 5, the angel said to the women, do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus, who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Now, this angel wasn't there to let Jesus out, right? The angel was there for one purpose, and angel means messenger. And the angel was there to give a message. He was there to allow the women to come in. You think they would have came in with guards there? They wouldn't have been allowed to. He was sent there to give them a message, and what was that message? He is risen. He even invited them into the tomb to see. Come and see, and then look at verse 7. Then go quickly and tell his disciples he has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So it's like he came for his purpose. This angel fulfilled his purpose to give this message, right? And now he's finished. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. What great news. What a, what a powerful message this is. And i got to tell you, that message is the same, and it's just as powerful today as it was then, isn't it? Amen. 
It hasn't changed. And it carries with it the same power. That same message is still spreading. That same message is still changing lives today. That same message is still bringing hope into the world. That's, that same message is still bringing dead people to life. You know, um, I want to share with you a couple of significant things. And these are basically theological, but I'm not going to go too deep. Uh, a couple of significant things that Jesus did with the cross and the resurrection. First of all, Jesus defeated sin. Jesus defeated sin. Well, how did he defeat sin? Well, he lived a perfect life. What do I mean by that? He didn't sin. He was perfectly obedient to God. He was what mankind was supposed to be, you see. He was like us in every way, felt every kind of emotion, had feelings. He was like us in every way, but he did not sin. So what that did was that made his death the perfect sacrifice. Perfect. He defeated sin that was ours. And you might say, you know, my sin? Really? Am, am I a sinner? Well, yes. Yes. Unfortunately, because of the sin in the beginning, everybody is a sinner from that. Sin stems from that. Uh, the Bible says that all have sinned, and Jesus saved us from sin by paying for it. You see, the Bible also tells us that the penalty of sin is death, right? And wouldn't it be great if you woke up one day and you, you looked on the, on the computer and all your debts were paid? You're like, whoa, what just happened? Now, now we would get excited about that, wouldn't we? Right. Come on, let's be real now. That's exactly what Jesus did for us. He paid a debt that we couldn't. He paid a debt that was far beyond what we could ever pay. For us, for us, for the best person in the world to the worst. Look at this in Isaiah. And I want you to notice all the personal pronouns. Isaiah 53 verse 5. But he was pierced for our transgressions he was crushed for our iniquities the punishment that brought us peace was on him and by his wounds we are healed we all like sheep have gone astray each of us has turned our own way and the lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all everyone Jesus took on the sin of the world. Imagine that. Imagine taking on that. Jesus took it on and defeated it. He defeated it with his perfect life and his perfect death. That one death paid for the sin of the whole world. Amazing. Well, the next significant thing is this. Not only did Jesus defeat sin, but he also defeated death. He defeated death. You know, Jesus died, okay? There's actually theories out there that say that Jesus didn't die. Jesus died. He died, but he didn't stay dead. That's the difference. 
He didn't stay dead. Out of all of the other world religions out there, none of their leaders can claim this. Uh, Buddha's bones were found. Uh, One of Buddha's fingers were sent as a gift to the emperor of China during the Tang Dynasty. They were lost and later recovered in 1981. And to this day, this is a sensation to Buddhists everywhere. The bones are now visited by millions of Buddhists from all over the world. Bones! Buddha's dead. Muhammad, founder of Islam, died and is buried and is still in the grave. There's people guarding his tomb right now. He's still there. Joseph Smith, founder of Mormonism, died, buried in, in the earth. And he, his bones were actually dug up again because of flooding. And they were relocated. So, yep, they're still there. They moved them. They're still there. Still there. So we could be doubly sure he's still there. All these, it's foolishness. All these people have died and they're in the dirt. Except for Jesus. There's nobody there. They're not even sure where his grave is. They've got a couple of different ideas. A lot of people say they go to uh, Jerusalem and see, see the tomb. They're not 100%, 100% sure that's where it's at. There's nobody in the grave because Jesus rose from death to life. Look at this in Luke chapter 24. Even the angel says this, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. Our God's not dead. He's alive. This was a tremendous victory. Until then, death was undefeated. (laughs) Think about it. Death was undefeated. Perfect record. But Jesus rose from the grave, and he won the victory over sin and death. And with this victory, he reversed the curse. I don't know if you noticed that. But in Genesis, sin entered into the world, and then death. With what Jesus did on the cross, completely reversed it. And I like what Paul says here in 1 Corinthians. He taunts death. He taunts it because he has such remarkable faith in what Jesus did. Where, O oh death, is your victory? It's not there. He's being sarcastic. He, he's not asking it a question, right? I guess it's rhetorical. I guess that's what that's called. Where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? It's gone. Jesus took it away. He defeated it. And here's the amazing part, and I want you to listen. He allows us to participate in that victory. He allows you and me, anybody that will believe in him, to participate in his victory. He allows us to hold his trophy. Look at this at verse 57. This is amazing. Thanks be to God. He gives us, he gives us the victory through Jesus Christ. That's amazing. Jesus won the victory and God through his love, through his grace, through his mercy allows us to join in with him and receive the victory of Jesus. 
That's, that's what the hymn means, oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. Wow, you didn't know I knew that, did you? Yeah, I'm a hymn guy. I'm a hymn. Uh, you may not be a Christian. Look, you may not be a Christian. I get that. I do. You might be wondering what you need to do. You might have thought about this for a long time. You're not really sure. You might be weighing things out. You might be figuring out, well, I need, do I need to do this? Do I need to get my life straight? You might be thinking, well, I've got to say something. Like, I've got to get my words in order like it's some kind of magic formula. It's none of that. It's not. You don't have to get your li- life right. As a matter of fact, you can't. You can't get your life right apart from Christ. You don't even have to get your words right. But you do have to get your heart right. Make the decision in your heart that Jesus died for your sin and rose so that you could come to life. That's it. Now Jesus defeated sin and death and that Death and that resurrection was so powerful that anybody in this world can have a relationship with God. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you've done. Anybody, anyone can know God through Jesus. Here's the amazing part. Jesus still wasn't done. He still wasn't done. What do you mean, Zach? He rose from the grave, right? That's it. He's not done yet. What would Jesus do now that he's won the victory? And this has been the pattern in this series, how Jesus responded to certain things. And up until this point, they've sort of all been negative, haven't they? They've been hard. You know, anger, betrayal, pain. How would he respond to victory? To many of us, victory is a stumbling block. Things go well for us. Uh, Look at Tiger Woods, perfect example. What do you do with victory? What do you do when you're on your spiritual high and things are all going well? Do you, do you slack back? Do you take it easy? Well, let's look and see what Jesus did after his great victory. Jesus appeared to many. He appeared to many. Uh, Matthew 28, verse 7. We've already read this, but we're going to go back and read it, and I want you to see it. So the angel said, come in and see. Come in and see where he laid Then go quickly and tell his disciples he has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Isn't that remarkable? I mean, he could have risen up out of the grave. He could have ascended into heaven right then and there. He appeared to many. Jesus told told the women that they would see him. Why would Jesus want people to see him? Why would Jesus want people to see him? So they would believe. So they would believe in him. Jesus wanted to show himself. You know, really soon, probably in the next couple of months, definitely next year, you're going to start seeing all these uh, campaigns. <laughs> right? Who's ready for that? Not me. I'll change the channel. Um, 
But you're going to start seeing all these presidential campaigns, these people going out. And what are they trying to do? Get people to believe them. Get people to support them. They're going to go out and do all these speeches, make all these guest appearances. Look at me. Here's what I believe. Here's what I am. Vote for me. Come join my team. That's what Jesus did too. Acts 1-3. Look at this. Acts 1-3. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days. 40 days he was here doing that and spoke about the kingdom of God. Now, for 40 days he did this. Is this a coincidence? I don't know. The, the Bible uses uh, the number 40 lots of, lots of times, but I think it's interesting. You know, the story of, of Noah and the rain cleansed and purified the earth for 40 days. And... I think Jesus is going around and proclaiming how what he did cleansed the earth. Washed away the sin of the world and brought new life. He appeared and he spoke about the kingdom of God. Listen, he appeared to the women at the tomb. He appeared to two guys on a dirt road. He appeared to Peter. He appeared to the disciples. He appeared to Thomas. You remember Thomas, doubting Thomas? Show me your hands. Show me your side. Let me put my finger in it, which is gross. But, look, he appeared, and he let Thomas do that. He let him do that. Don't try to do that to me. I would not let you do that. Jesus did because he was saying, here I am. Believe in me. Believe in me. You can believe it. 1 Corinthians fifteen six. He appeared to those guys, those ladies, and a lot more. Look at this. After that, he appeared to more than 500 more than. So we don't know what it is. Is it 501? Is it 600? Is it 800? Who knows? It's more than 500 people at the same time. Most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. This is remarkable. When Paul wrote this, some people were still alive who had seen the risen Jesus. That's truly amazing. Jesus made it a point to appear to many. And I just got to tell you, this was intentional. His flight wasn't delayed or anything like that. He wasn't killing time. What am I going to do now? This was intentional. He wanted people to see him, to believe in him, to know the truth. And you know what? He is the truth. And that truth of his death and his resurrection, folks, is what sets people free. It is. Do you know him today? Do you know him? Have you placed your faith in that? And what he did through the cross, through the empty grave. Have you given your life to the Lord? The Bible tells us that today is the day of salvation. And what that means is if you feel God is calling you, if you're even slightly curious, the best opportunity to give your life to the Lord is that moment. You're not guaranteed another. That's the point. Today is the day of salvation. I want to ask you to do something bold today. Obey that. Obey that. After I'm done preaching, you know, if you want to come up and pray with me during the song, you can. I'll wait for you after the service is over. I'd love to share with you 
how you can give your life to the Lord. Now, if you have given your life to the Lord, I'm about finished, okay? If you have given your life to the Lord, listen up. We have a race to run. We have a purpose to fulfill. What do we learn from Jesus in this? Okay? Here's our charge. Here's what we learn from Jesus. We have a great story to tell. We have a great story to tell. After Jesus appeared to people, guess what happened? People started talking about Jesus. You're a Christian today because people started talking about Jesus. You realize that, don't you? You heard the gospel because somebody else proclaimed it. They started talking about his life, his power, his love, his victory, and that is what we are to do too. We have the greatest news in all the world. What are you going to do with that? Now, I want us to look back at a section of Scripture. This is amazing. When Jesus died on the cross, okay? All right, so Matthew 27. Jesus is on the cross. At that moment... The curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, okay? The, the curtain was what separated man from God. When Jesus died, it was torn from top to bottom, saying that there's an avenue to God now because of what Jesus did. The door is open. You can come to God through Christ. And notice what happened here. The earth shook, the rocks split, and the tombs broke. Open. Do you see how God's opening the door? The curtain tears. The tombs break open. The bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life. You don't know how long I've been waiting to preach on this. Zombies? Yeah. (laughs) You know, but really, a lot of people have asked me about this. Did this really happen? Do you believe this really happened? Well, yeah, I'm pretty sure it did because it's it's pretty clear to me, right? The, something major was taking place. The curtain was torn. The tombs burst open. And look at this. They came out of the tombs after Jesus' resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared to many people. It's interesting, Matthew puts this right here. If you read this right, the tombs broke open when Jesus died, but the people stayed there until Jesus rose. Isn't that interesting? He was first. And because of his resurrection, then they came to life, you see. They came to life only after the resurrection. What a picture of us. The Bible tells us that we were dead. The the Bible tells us that, that we were spiritually dead, but it was the work of Jesus on the cross and his resurrection that brought us life, that brought us from death to life. Now, what do dead people do that have been made alive? What do they do? They go and they appear to many people. Do you see that? People that have been brought from death to life have a great story to tell. What Jesus has done to us 
And what Jesus has done for us needs to be told, folks. It needs to be told. We have the greatest news in all the world to share. I want you to watch this short video. That's a great video. That video tore me apart. Do we feel that way about this news? Do we get that excited? Is that what moves us each and every day? You know, we have a great story to tell. We have great news to share. We have a risen Savior. That news needs to be proclaimed. Now, next week we're going to be starting a new series called Proclaim. Because I'm well aware that we don't do a good enough job with that. You might not know how. You might be scared to death. I understand all that. We're going to work through all that together. We've got too great a story to tell not to do it. So we're going to help us uh, go through that. Look, Jesus is alive. Hope has risen. Amen? Amen? And that good news is good news to believe, and it's great news to share. So let's pray together. Father, we thank you for Jesus, our risen Savior. And today we proclaim his victory over sin, over death. Father, he lived a life that we couldn't live, died in our place, and rose from the grave. And in him we proclaim victory, we proclaim joy, we proclaim hope, we proclaim peace. Father, we we proclaim eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And all glory and all honor, all praise go to him this morning. In his name we pray. Amen.